Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Yes? It's great to hear your voice again, buddy. It's great to hear your voice on the superior technology that is Skype. Yes. I don't know why we ever tried to leave this platform. It's perfect for well, today's world. I had the hubris to think that there was something better. Uh, like, uh, I, I, I thought, uh, I really don't like hearing my voice echo back at me uh, while Ben and I are talking. Uh, that's really annoying. We should be able to do better. So we jumped around and tried a few others. And the last recording we did was, it just turned out like crap. Uh, but now, we'll yeah, just... Yeah, do one of... That was Google. Fuck you, Google. Yeah, Google's the worst. That was, that was shit. But, Discord uh, wasn't any better. No, Discord is horrible. But here we can both talk at the same time and you don't get drowned out. So that's, that's the one upside to that. I mean, I... I feel like I get drowned out by you a lot. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, well, here yeah. comes passive aggressive huh? Ben train pulling yep. into the station. <laughs> What's uh, how's your week been, Ben? Yeah, it's it's fine. I don't know, <laughs> same old. I uh, <laughs> I started the uh, the job search in earnest over the weekend. So um, oh, how is I, the I, I, how's the job prospects looking? I kind of figure they might not be great since most companies are furloughing and laying off, but is it looking like there's job opportunities out there? Yeah, I think there's opportunities. I mean, not probably as many as there would be in normal times, but there's still people out there hiring, so. You know what I love the most about Skype? The superior sound. I can hear the truck outside your window as if I was there. Yeah, I'm not shutting the window, by the way, if that's what you're getting at. It's hot as hell out. Turn on the AC. That would be even louder than the truck. So it's not like you're any cooler by having the window open. If anything else, you're just bringing in more hot air than you probably no, originally had. There's a system here. There's fans going. It's uh, it works. All right, fine, whatever. I'm uh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't live in the suburbs and have a nice cool basement like you do, Glenn. Jesus. Uh, actually, my basement's sweaty as hell. There's like this weird sweet spot towards the end of summer and before fall, where it's just hot as hell down here. Oh, why don't you turn on the AC? Uh, I do, actually. I'm going to turn it off right now so it doesn't kick in while we're doing the show. There we go. Turned oh. it off. Thanks. Oh, because it's too loud. Because, uh, yes, it can be too loud. And yet you want me to turn mine on. Mine's even louder than you because I, I live in an apartment, so I just have, like, the room unit, you know. Well, that moving on. Loud as hell. Yeah. Uh, so how's the job process? Have you applied for any? No, no. I was just, uh, I did a couple things, reactivated some profiles on whatever I, I flagged myself as looking on linkedin and logged back into whatever zip recruiter and glass door and stuff and just uh, yeah. started updating my resume and just looking around a little bit but yeah i'm officially looking so Does, i so the linkedin thing is probably not a smart one because i have heard when i worked at this one ad agency that the the president of the company is like really small that we were at they follow all their employees on LinkedIn and they get alerted. It's a service you pay for as an employer so that you know when, when your employees are setting themselves yeah, as Supposedly, available. it only 
there's a couple of settings and there's one where you can tell everyone that you're looking or there's one where you can just tell recruiters that you're open to opportunities. So, Oh, okay. There you and go. They, they try to restrict it to, to recruiters from, not from your company, but something. Got it. Okay. All right. I was going to say, you're playing a risky game there and you're going to roll the yeah, dice. They, they call snake eyes. I'm, I'm indispensable. They can't fire me. No, they're going to fire you. You have a, you have an owner who's, or a, the, the CEO or the president, whatever you want to call him, who's uh all of the, <laughs> he's not a very reasonable man it doesn't sound like so I could see him just uh, wildly firing you based on a whim so I don't know how indispensable you are yeah I could see that happening too and I think that would be funny but <laughs> I'll be fine well what else is new anything else going on in your life I'm still uh, bored and lonely and sad and annoyed oh and annoyed is uh is it any of my business or is it the audience's business to know why you're lonely and bored and sad and annoyed? <laughs> I think you and the audience have pieced together over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. I'm playing dumb on purpose. I know. Maybe the kombucha is getting to me that I'm drinking right now. Oh, you're drinking the kombucha, huh? I'm drinking Synergy Raw Kombucha, uh, the trilogy uh, line of flavors. Uh, it's fantastic, organic, and unpasteurized, Ben. I really want to like. I, I really want to sell stuff. Mood. I was trying to sell up Skype just a minute ago. Now we're. I'm trying to sell up kombucha. Is that is kombucha? Is that a new uh, habit for you? I don't think I've ever seen or heard you drinking kombucha before. Well, I'm dieting, so uh, if I'm ever like editing or sitting around reading or doing anything like that, normally it's like, oh, I'll have a beer while I do this. But it turns out having that beer or two is basically like eating two steaks. Like okay. the the calories is just through the roof, so I just like I guess I'm just not drinking anything again. So get out of that. So I drink kombucha as my little treat for myself. It's kind of bitter. Eh, I don't know. It tastes like shit. I don't like it. It's just oh, I kind of like, like it. A, I've had it. I like it. It doesn't taste like a soft drink where it's all sugary like a twelve year old would drink it. it. This seems like a man's soft drink. So okay, an adult. So anyway, you said uh, you're sitting around reading. I would suggest if you are sitting around reading and you're looking for a new book to read, check out bookshop.org. I was just going to say, shop sell slash Puzzle House. One more time. Bookshop.org slash shop slash Nuzzle House. <laughs> yeah, help out the podcast. And no yes. one... And also help out local bookstores. Shop online with Bookshop. That's bookshop.org. I know. I have to say, uh, this is not an ad. We don't get paid any money by them or anything uh, by doing this. But when you found that and you were saying, why don't you just start linking to this? Well, because full, full disclosure, we get paid if they buy from our affiliate links that yeah. you can find nuzzlehouse.com slash bookshop. <laughs> but we... Uh, we only have like 20 listeners. No one's re- we're not really going to get any money because no one's really going to listen and go use it. But uh, I, when you said that, oh, this place basically helps out small bookshops or local bookshops. If you're going to order a book, it finds it and whatever the story is. Uh, so it's not just from a big warehouse like Amazon. I was like, oh, so I had to go through all of our uh, episodes and change all the links to point to that website and stuff. Because I thought that seems good. Yeah. I hate Amazon with all my heart, so this seems like a way better thing. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, if anyone buys a book uh, through our little link, what do we get, like a dollar? <laughs> but still. No, we, get, uh, we get 10% of where the purchase price is, so they oh. buy a $20 book, we get two bucks. Eh, well, all right. 
And once we have over $20, we can cash out. Well, the, uh, the gesture was nice. Well, anyway, we believe that bookstores are essential to a healthy culture. There where authors can connect with readers, where we discover new writers, where children get hooked on the thrill of reading that can last a lifetime. There are also anchors for our downtowns and communities. Oh, that's great, Ben. And I love that you just have those impassioned speech off the cuff like that. Well, anyways. Well, I'm just, I'm just grateful that as more and more people buy their books online, that bookshop.org wanted to create an easy, convenient <laughs> way for you to get your books and support bookstores at the same time. I just love that we're going through this whole song and dance right now, and we are like, there's, we're not being paid to do a commercial, but we're basically just doing one. It's like the anchor days when we had to do the anchor commercials, and in the end, we got like, in total, like thirty dollars, and I cashed out and moved on to simple. Wait, thirty dollars? I think you're holding on to me. I thought we had like twelve. No, also, it was like anchor. It was fuck like them. twenty something. I know. Fuck anchor. It was the worst experience. I hated it. But we had to sit there. We had to read the bullet points about how great of a service it is. That's neither here nor there. Uh, my week, Ben? What's better than Anchor's simple to use podcasting tools? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Is that how it went? Yeah, that's how it went. Okay. Anyways, uh, uh, I have mice. I thought I won the war. No flies in the basement. I was pretty cocky. I was cocksure that it was a cock of the walk, that there was no mice in my basement. And uh, two of them well, yesterday. It, maybe you should stop scolding the cat when it catches mice. Um... Well, I don't really scold him. He might what, have killed see, one you yesterday. You seem to not encourage it, though. You get all icked out when it has when it's playing with a mouse corpse. You don't like that. Well, yeah, there's a whole mouse corpse. That thing's probably been back there for like a decade or something. It's just disgusting. Well, that was a good training mouse for the cat. I mean, let the cat kill mice and play right. with the mouse corpses. Fine. Either way, he may have killed one yesterday. I found one in a trap yesterday, and I was like, oh, god damn it. Like, I thought I won the war, but um, then... As I was down here recording a podcast, uh, the, there was just a dead mouse just laying in the middle of the basement floor when I walked out. And I was like, where, where did that come from? But it looked like it had been there for a while. But it also looked like it was wet, like its hair was slicked, as if my, because my cat was down here, I think my cat was licking it. Ugh. <laughs> but the thing had only been hours old. Like, it wasn't down there earlier. And then, like, I must have missed it when I came down to record or something. So... Mice in the basement again, Ben. Yeah, speaking of Dead Mouse, have you heard that new Pomegranate song from Dead Mouse and the Neptunes? It's a pretty good track. No, check it out. It's weird. Why did you just do that? That was weird. Are you? Are we doing advertisements for Dead Mouse now? No, I just heard it on the radio recently. It was, it's a catchy tune. <laughs> Fine. If oh. I'm doing any advertising, it's for Bookshop.org because I hope that Bookshop can help strengthen the fragile ecosystem and margins around <laughs> bookstores and keep local bookstores an integral part of our culture and communities. <laughs> I like that uh, the last time you were over, you were playing me a, a song that, uh, what was it again? It's like where basically like hip-hop artists have their own snack foods, and so he like the one person did an entire song about their snack food that's in their name. Wasn't that it? Sorry, I was muted. Why don't you mute yourself? Because I, I was taking a sip of my Cape Cotter that I'm sipping on over here. Oh. It's a refreshing drink. You remember Gretchen's recipe, right? Yes, I do. It's, it's too, delicious. Too bitter. Oh, oh, it's delicious. I thought it was too bitter. Uh, I, I uh, spruced it up my own way. <laughs> <laughs> I made it better. So you Less bitter. Drink. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're referring to the Dab of Ranch song by the rap group Migos. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right, Dab a Ranch. God, the lyrics were so good. I know, right? I wonder if we can uh, if we could legally play any clip of it at the end of this show. I'll, I'll let you talk that out with the lawyers. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. Oh, I made a I made a nook, Ben. I'll have to send you pictures. Uh, so you know my bathroom upstairs. There's a hallway that you kind of walk down to get to the bathroom. Uh, one side has big, long, white, kind of folding door things. Uh, and if you open those up. It's got a bunch of my shirts on hangers and uh, some shelving. And then behind it, it's just a big old crawl space. And so uh, I miss having a nook, like a little chair, a little light, a bunch of books on shelves all around me. Like I miss having my little tiny pretend poor man's library. So I built one in there. I took the doors off. I took all the stuff out. I painted the walls and I stuck chairs in there and everything. And I got a nook, Ben, and I've been loving it. I was even debating uh, recording the podcast in there, except it's too echoey. Well, I'll just put some acorns up on the nook walls. Nah, because then it kind of ruins the vibe. Here, I just sent uh, them to you. Look at my nook, Ben. Yeah, that's cute. Isn't it cute? And it also yeah. makes a great uh, waiting room for if someone's in the bathroom and you need to use it. Yeah. I so, like that. I know. It okay. turned out to be kind of cute. I was liking it. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. All right, that's it for me. Yeah, you got anything else, Ben? Well, I don't, but one person does. Ah, yeah. Oh, is she, oh, does she have anything to say about my uh, crow situation? How desperate? Oh, I'm yeah, on? that's right. Um, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but uh, put put the food out before you see the crows, dumbass. They're not going to come if there's no food out there. Don't be holding the bacon inside. Wait for the crows to come and then give them bacon. You got to put the bacon outside and then the crows will come. But the squirrels are going to eat it. Like, there's a ton of squirrels in my yard. There's armies of them fighting each other all the time. I got to wait till I see them so I can give them the food so that they can go down and get it before all the other animals get it. That's my that's my dilemma. Is there a special dish that only crows eat from and no other animal will? I need. Well, you should make a special dish. You should, I think, put it in a special dish and put it in the same spot every time so the crows know it's for them. But I don't know where they would be for me to put it in the same spot for them well, to say. Fine. Just, just put it somewhere that is good viewing for you from your window, I guess. Fine. Whatever. This doesn't help but, me at all. Well, I have You're a white squirrel really that rules the neighborhood. It's this albino. Maybe you've even seen it. An albino squirrel. That, the squirrel. <laughs> that won't scare the crows away. When I put a bowl of delicious food out there, and then as soon as an animal comes near it, I shoot it. <laughs> I don't know. Put the, put the food out there and let the crows chase the squirrels away, I guess. I, I don't know what to tell you. All right, fine. I'll figure the it squirrels out. squirrels eat bacon? And I don't know if they even eat bacon, do they? Oh, they'll eat anything. Yeah, they probably okay. eat bacon. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, all right, what does Gretchen have to say? Uh, okay, I don't know. She sent me some stuff yesterday. As usual, I didn't read it first because I, I like to be surprised. Uh, there is a picture of a butterfly here, so I guess uh, we're on a butterfly thing. Yep. Gretchen's Backyard Blast Butterfly Blurb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Butterflies <laughs> range in size from one-eighth of an inch to 12 inches. Butterflies can only see the colors red, green, and yellow. Hmm. Butterflies can reach speeds of 12 miles per hour. That's lame. They cannot fly if their body temperature is less than 86 degrees. Weird. So there's your, your butterfly blurb. 
uh, I've been seeing a million monarchs everywhere lately when I'm out taking a walk and stuff. So that's it's timely. Gretchen's yeah. timely as always. Why couldn't the butterfly go to the dance? <laughs> because it was ball. <laughs> wait, 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 sorry. I did that thing where I laughed and it drowned you out. What did you? What's the what's the punchline? Why couldn't the butterfly go to the dance? Because it was a mothball. Oh, son of a gun. Gretchen does it again. Knocks it out of the park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's always got the cutest jokes. They're just adorable. Uh, I think if anybody else did them, I'd just be like, hey, you're creepy. But that's something about your mom doing. It's just adorable. Well, let's move on to the story. Adorable. Last week, I called her out on the, the one that offended me about dating. I told her I was a touch subject. She said she realized that. Well, she sent it to me, but just didn't think it was going to be a big deal or something. I... <laughs> Thanks, Mom. She's basically saying, like, I didn't think you were going to be such a pussy about it. <laughs> well, that's kind of my takeaway from the phone call. That's amazing. All right, let's get into the show, goddammit. We're already 17 minutes in on this conversation. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Last week, the first, like, three chapters of the book were so crammed with events and information that I had to take these notes because I'm like, well, I mean, they, they must be key points, right? Because she's really plowing through so much stuff to finally get to meeting Christian Grey and being involved with Christian Grey. Uh, so I must, like, I gotta keep track of this, right? Because it's gotta be important. And as we're finding out, uh, no, just like uh, uh, Stephanie Meyer, nothing that is written is ever gonna be referred to later. It's all just fluff. Yeah, so, I just, I wanna say in general, I'm already very bored by this book. Yeah, me too. Uh, so this one, I don't have hardly any notes because nothing is happening. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I took very few notes. There yes. was not to, it's just, boring and repetitive already totally uh, i did write down a few things per chapter but it's not like i'm gonna sit rattling off stuff because there's nothing to rattle off All right, <laughs> so, so let's dive into uh chapter nine uh there's a running theme with uh what's her name again i keep calling her anna it's anastasia anastasia Steele. that's right steel it's just hilarious it's like the weird the weirdest most generic cool last name uh, Anastasia has this thing that keeps that suddenly by chapter... I mean, I think in early chapters it was happening, but by chapter nine, she's constantly having her cartoonish conscience yell at her and talk to her about stuff, like as if it's Jiminy Cricket. It's, and it gets cartoonish. In a later chapter, The like when she's debating telling her roommate Kate about the contract and stuff, her conscience suddenly is dressed up like the the... Uh, justice symbol where it's like the woman holding the scales and then she's like holding a finger to him up going shh you're gonna get sued if you say anything and I'm like what is with the conscience being like a cartoon character then she's yeah. also got this goddess character so it's like an angel and a devil on her shoulder and the goddess is always like you gotta go out and get laid if you don't have this bondage sex you're gonna wind up alone with cats <laughs> so that's what I noticed and in I'll chapter 9 I'm like this is just ridiculous it's so dumb she's apparently never been attracted to a man before like Come on. I, I know. At some point, you had to have been. My, I mean, and also, if people are hitting on you, 
And, you know, you're in your late teens, early 20s. You're probably going to have sex to see what it's like, you know, if you have opportunities afforded you, which she apparently does. It just seems weird that she's never had sexual experiences or anything. Well, it's not even that she claims she's never attracted to a man ever. Like, that's, come yeah. on. That I don't believe at all. But even if you're not attracted to another man, you're still going to do the thing that all the other kids do just to see what it's like. I don't know. Well, unless you're asexual, but she clearly isn't. So No, she's not. Uh, but we also find out she doesn't masturbate. So she's a complicated little thing. Uh, yeah. She, I got one quote saying that uh, her mission was to sleep with Christian Grey. So this is after she wakes up in his house when he, you know, has lovemaking so that she's not a virgin anymore. He's got to get that out of the way. Uh, then he makes love to her. And her conscience is, like, basically yelling at her, saying, like, he doesn't even love you, and you, you lost your virginity to someone that doesn't even care about you. And I was kind of thinking, like, so the author is totally aware of how toxic this person is. Like, took the virginity from someone when he has no feelings for her, which is something that you'd sort of think would bother someone that's holding on to their virginity into their 20s. Um, so, like, the author's aware of that, but then just passes it off, because then this goddess conscience character is like, hooray for you, you got laid. Um, but then, so, yeah, her mission was to sleep with Christian Gay, and the quote being, mission accomplished, big time. <laughs> this is so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Uh, I said if she's a virgin, she doesn't know what the term vanilla means because that comes up during their conversation about having vanilla sex. Because I think yeah. I think Christian says at one point, like, I've never had vanilla sex before or whatever. Yeah, and she didn't know what that meant. Yeah, and if she doesn't know what vanilla sex means, why is she suddenly... She's already, like, looked over the contract because I read the key points of it in the last episode. Oh. So that yeah. now she's like sort of like, oh, it might be kind of cool, kind of forbidden and interesting and kind of hot. And I'm like, you don't even know what vanilla sex means. How are you okay with all this stuff he wants to do? <laughs> he's, he's unlocked it from inside her, I guess. Nah, he did. Uh, she's a, he's, he's like a, made her into a tigress. Uh, and then I guess like mom shows up while they're still hanging out naked in bed. And then she like, yeah. in chapter 10, one of her first thoughts is, I want to meet his mom so I can better understand where his sexuality comes from. Like what? What line of thinking is that? Yeah. <laughs> what if you do discover where his sexuality comes from, and it is tied to his mom? Wouldn't that disturb you? <laughs> oh, I think Freud would say it's tied to his mom, no matter what. Ah, uh, well, Freud had a lot of things to say, and it turned out most of it wasn't true in the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, oh, then she finds out that, uh, like, she's been getting a bunch of calls from Jose who's been leaving voicemails because he's like suddenly yeah. just wants to apologize to her like crazy but hasn't it been like a day or two and suddenly now he wants to apologize it doesn't make much sense yeah it's been a couple days I think yeah, yeah. and so then uh, the only reason why I point that out is because again she says double crap because he left messages on the phone and uh, one of his voicemails he says Dios mio <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Ugh. I know. Oh, and then uh, one thing I pointed out is like at some point, I think after the mom leaves, Christian, I don't know if it's his brother that comes up and talks to him or if it's like the butler. But he's like, Christian, there's been a problem with the Darfur shipments. Yeah, that's <laughs> not that, Tyler or something. Is that his assistant or whatever? Oh, his chauffeur. His and, oh, okay. Yeah, no, Elliot's his brother. Elliot's too busy uh, fucking Anna's roommate, Kate. Kate. Yeah, so. Kate's uh, doing, it, doing it with him. 
Yeah, so the Dark Force ship, and I'm like, oh, so here's like another incredibly vague thing being said about being said about him in his telecommunications business. <laughs> What's the Darfur yeah. shipment? <laughs> it, it can't be good. That doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good at all. It sounds like he's involved in some sort of serious crimes. So um, I got I to gotta interject here. Mm-hmm. The I haven't been keeping tally, but the grin count seems to be picking up oh. quite a bit. They grin a lot. I, uh, I know at first I said I was, I was glad that they're using other words to describe people making that facial expression. But nope, they're just all grinning left and right now. Absolutely. I'm also getting really sick of reading about Anna biting her bottom lip. Oh, my God. I freaking know. It's driving me crazy. I, yeah. Hold on. I'm going to look up. Actually, I can't. So I, I was going to look up the grin because suddenly the search started working again on the Kindle thing. Um, but I, the thing is, I bought all three books as a package for like 10 bucks on the Kindle. Um, but the problem is they're treated as one giant book. So when I do a search, it's looking for the words in all the books. So I can do a grin count and let it sit here and run. Yeah, let's do that. Also, if you don't want to buy it on the Kindle and you want to buy a physical copy of the book, uh, can I recommend bookshop.org? You know, we have uh, a list of books we're going to read later. And um, I was thinking maybe I should get a paper one. I have a nook now. Maybe I should be getting a paper book. So I don't know if we can wait whatever we decide the next is. You already bought all the books. So now I have to go hunt down one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I could just get it on the Kindle and have it right away. But I could put up uh, an affiliate link first so you can buy it through that. And then you're essentially getting 10 percent off. Uh-huh. Oh, well, why don't you do that? Give me that affiliate link and I'll get that 10 percent off, which will suddenly give us a dollar. Well, I'm letting the grin count run. It's really running right now. We got grins, grin, and grinning are the three that are showing up the most, uh, starting with the first book, but it's still searching, so it's going to have to sit and spin for a while. Okay, so uh, chapter 10, uh, like I was saying, everything was moving so slowly that uh, now suddenly the high points are just like Jose calling on the phone, and uh, then they go out to eat. Um, Yeah. She where Christian up. describes how he was raped when he was 15 by one of his mom's friends. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, that, I mean, that's more of a high point. Uh, but there's a lot of talk about, like, the car he's driving and how she rolls her eyes and, like, says dumb shit, like, boys and their toys. And then uh, he orders Pinot Grigio for the two of them. Uh, and then she whines and bites her fucking lip, like you yeah. were saying, because she wanted a Coca-Cola instead. Yeah. Uh, and then she goes, uh, one quote I had is she asked him about, like, what vanilla sex is supposed to mean. And then he tells her, and she says, I thought it was chocolate fudge brownie sex. Which, why? So stupid. I know, why is that even in there? And this is just like Twilight, where they're constantly, like, trying to make cutesy, what they think is clever sexual jokes or comments that are just childish. Like, they come off like a nine-year-old trying to make a sex joke. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um... She learns that one of his mother's uh, friends statutory rape disaster when he was 15. Uh, and that he was collared. She collared him. He was the sub. Uh, and the thing about that that I made a note of was, I imagine this author is into BDSM. I would think. I'm just assuming because she wrote all this about it. Uh, and that maybe she knows about it. She seems to know more than some of the other books we've read. <laughs> where It seems like it's kind of made up and the author doesn't know anything about it. So it seems like maybe she knows more about it. But by making Christian Grey uh, a victim of like sexual abuse or whatever, um, 
It's kind of associating his BDSM fetish with him having emotional problems and he's broken, is what I was getting from yeah, that. Yeah, which is... <clears throat> like, why would you do that? You don't have to pathologize people's kinks and Yeah, interests. and if, if this yeah. author is into it, why is the author... You think the author would know better than to be like... Well, Maybe maybe she's not into it, and she just actually did research, oh. so she could sound knowledgeable. But she still has kind of Her outdated own. or ignorant yeah. views about it. I don't know. I would suppose, yeah. Uh, but you know, I got to give her credit because she is from England, and she wrote all of this, and only a few times slips up where the English comes out. But otherwise, like I kind of forget. Like it all is written where it sounds like the dialogue yeah. and everything sounds very American, and you kind of buy into it and stuff. Yeah. So maybe she also did research on BDSM. Maybe she's just really good at researching. Could be. Uh, so, oh, an example of the stupid attempts at trying to be clever with sexual conversation. Uh, she says, I'm glad you can't read my mind. And he goes, your mind, no, but your body <laughs> I'm very familiar with. So it's shit like that. <laughs> it's like, that's not clever. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, not. So he drops her off at home. And it's just more stupid shit. Like, his character is supposed to be cold and distant, and he wants what he wants. But then she's wearing his underwear uh, when she left. And so then when she gets out of the car, when he drops her off at home and she's walking away, she pulls down her shorts a little bit to show him that she's wearing his underwear and, like, his yeah. jaw drops. Like, why yeah. would that impress him? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense why he'd care that much. Because it was that. so unexpected. You wouldn't expect Hannah Steele to be wearing a man's undies like that. Ooh, wow. But this How is exciting. a guy that harmed a woman by stringing her up on ropes. <laughs> like, he's got such extreme expectations that like the underwear is the last thing in the world that he'd be like oh my god you're wearing my underwear it's just weird uh she gets back and says, again back at the apartment she talks to Kate uh oh and they talk about sex that's the reason why I wrote this down Kate says that she's uh it took her forever to have an orgasm during sex uh the quote being it took a year to orgasm through penetration sex <laughs> which cracked me up <laughs> like penetration sex Okay, that's very specific. That's a thing. Uh, Anna keeps calling his playroom the Red Room of Pain. She says it to him, too, and she thinks it constantly over and over again, which I guess is supposed to be her, like, joking around, having a good time with the concept. Yeah, he didn't seem to think it was funny. Yeah. Um, so then that's what I point out, the whole uh, her conscience being a cartoon character that's dressed up like the symbol of justice, saying you're going to get sued. She also has an inner goddess that says you better sleep with them or else you're going to wind up uh, being alone with cats. Uh, she finally gets a call from Jose, or she answers the call from Jose. Uh, and she's like, oh boy, I better not tell Kate about what Jose tried to kiss me because um, she's going to have him for breakfast. But then she does tell her, and Kate's like, oh my God, two guys like you at the same time? Good for you. So that's the end of that threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too, too bad about the sexual assault, but it's nice that he likes you. Yeah, I know. Which is a lot like Twilight, when the dad's like, hey, yeah. forced to kiss on you? Well, good for him. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much high-fived his abuser. Like, good job. Pretty miserable. Uh, and so, but the one thing I pointed out is that Kate has already said, watch out for Christian in the past, like the previous chapters, but she starts saying it more in these chapters, too. And I started to think, what if she's been one of his 15 subs he's always talking about that he had Ooh, in the past? Think? Maybe, because no. no. she seems to know he's dangerous, and she seems to know whenever Anna's coming home and, like, you look like you're distressed. Are you okay? And I'm like, uh, it's, it's kind of reaching, but I'm kind of wondering if maybe she's mm. one of the subs. That would be a terrible plot twist, if true. <laughs> 
Yeah, then that would mean that after being with Christian and what whatever reason they severed their contract together, that she's like, okay, well, I'm going to start dating your brother now <laughs> or something. I don't know. That would be really dumb. That'd be horrible. Uh, I, so, oh, I kind of hope that is. Oh, it'd be That's hilarious. so bad. I, I want that to be the case now. It very well might be. Um, though I do think that later on she says something where I was like, oh, maybe she's not one of the subs, but I forget what that was. Okay. Uh, chapter 11, not much happens. She reads the contract on chapter 11. I already read it off when it was first brought up because it was so weird and specific and dumb and creepy. Yeah, I'll, I, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I didn't read much of chapter 11 because it was all like the contract and a bunch of emails. Yes. Like, so annoying to read that. So I, I skimmed too. I did not go into much detail. No, I know. I skimmed. I was like basically jumping from paragraph to paragraph, reading the first couple words. I'm like, nope, just more of the contract. But the thing is, is that she does, she acts shocked about the contract, even though she read it in like the earlier chapters that where I was reading it, like she read it already. Or was that a thing where the, where the author was letting us, the readers know about the details of the contract before the, no, she was reading it. She was reading it before. Yeah. Well, she, that's what I thought. Because the the version that she's reading in chapter 11, isn't it the revised one? Weren't there some notes going back and forth or something? Well, they were just emailing details about it back and forth. Because she was all of a sudden, she's shocked and offended by everything. I'm like, why is she so shocked and offended? Because earlier she read it and it didn't, she thought it was all kind of sexy and, oh, it might be dangerous. I don't know if I want to do it. And now she's like getting angry as she's reading. So nothing's just like Twilight. Nothing, no one's consistent. No one has a driving motivation that you can count on. They're just flipping back and forth. Just like how she's always shocked when Christian Grey shows an interest in her. As if it's the first time she ever met him. Now yeah. she's doing the same thing with this. Anyways, uh, really long well, and I, tedious. I just want to point out that the contract is literally ten pages of this book. It's so <clears throat> tedious. Oh, I know. It was the majority of chapter 11. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listing it off and then her commenting on every single part of it. Um, so she gets upset. At, I made a note that she gets upset at the serve and obey portion of it where as a sub she has to serve and obey but then she reflects on how that seems very similar to marriage vows so then I'm like is this a thing where she's trying to like the author is trying to walk the skeptical reader like mm. no that that seems offensive doesn't it but you know what reader it's just like marriage yeah. vows so you know think oh, about it I never thought about it like that yeah and I was like that's very eye opening I know it's kind of heavy handed I'm like this is kind of like what I imagine Scientology pamphlets are like <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, her conscience, uh, her conscience, her Jiminy Cricket, uh, is making comments. I didn't write down what the comments were, but there was the the, the note that she says that uh, her conscience wasn't her usual snarky self. She seems very serious now as she's like reading this, and I'm like, the conscience is like you should when you read more of the next chapters, pay attention to how cartoonish this conscience is. It's like Jiminy Cricket. It's just it was pissing me off. Um. Oh, and this is where she slips up, and this is where the English the English writer uh, comes out. She says, I finally meet the perfect man, and he comes with a bloody contract. And I said, aha, I caught you. Also, later on, she becomes very obsessed where her dad comes to visit, and she's like, uh, and dad always says tea fixes everything. And I'm like, no one in America really drinks tea like that. My dad would never tell me tea fixes. My dad would say coffee fixes everything. Well, also her dad is a soccer fan, which is kind of kind of weird for an American. Uh, is it? I mean, I think I know more people that are into soccer now than back in the 90s. You are. You're into soccer. 
Yeah, but the the dad is presumably older than I am. It's a generational thing. I suppose. Didn't soccer ruin your knees? Yes, but uh, luckily I'm having reconstructive surgery on Friday, so that's going to be fine. Are you going to go out and play soccer again once your knees are back to normal? <laughs> no, the doctor advised against that. I was going to say. So what are you going to do now? Just coach? <laughs> <laughs> I'll become a, a TV commentator. You should become... I'll do the play-by-play. Uh, uh, oh, no. Who's the hockey guy book that we read? Don. Don Cherry? Cherry. You should become the Don Cherry of suburban soccer people. <laughs> like, you know, like the... Uh, just be racist? Yeah, but also be really racist. So all you do is you write entire books about, like, the the bars around town that have their own soccer leagues. <laughs> but you're also incredibly racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soccer is a beautiful sport to watch and play. Too bad all the foreigners like it, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of those foreigners coming to Minneapolis because of all of our milk and honey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then a package comes, um, and uh, I only made this note because it was just excessive. So the package comes, and the guy who's delivering it says, it's my job to set it up and show you how to use it. And my first thought is, because I watch enough porn, I'm like, oh, I hope it's a symbion. Those uh, things that women ride. It looks kind of like a saddle, and it, uh, it's a way for women to masturbate. Yeah. yeah. I, I know what a symbion is. You don't have to explain this to me. Well, for the listener. Maybe we got people that... Uh, don't watch as much yeah. porn as a middle-aged man, a single middle-aged man. Yes, yes, lonely, sad man like us. <laughs> lonely, sad, and annoyed middle-aged man. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't a Symbian. It was a MacBook Pro. And so much space is taken up with her talking about how it's just this amazing like, piece of technology. And it's not even available to the general public yet. Yeah, and shit like that. And just goes on and on and on about it. And I was like, I made a note, like, is this like, is this part of the book sponsored by Apple? Like, can you have your novel sponsored where you put in a product placement? Uh, and then as she starts emailing with uh, Christian, we find out that it's 2011. And by 2011, Macs were pretty ubiquitous. Like, it wasn't shocking or amazing to have an Apple computer, you know, it wasn't some crazy weird thing. It was people were, but it's, it's a really nice one. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But by how much it, it just was dumb. Like, okay, know, no, I, actually, no, Becca, people still line up outside of Apple stores when they release a new prod product. So don't, uh, people did that with the iPhone for a long time. I don't think they probably do anymore very much, especially with COVID, but before that, well, um, not before they all get all worked up while we're already, uh, what were their release events? People people still like that shit way yeah. more than they should. Nah, they do, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something anyone would get excited about. It back. I don't know. Maybe you're right. It I doesn't think it seem seems like excessive. anything somebody should get excited about, but they do. Yes, maybe you're right. I just think the way she wrote about it excessively, I was like, either she doesn't know a single thing about computers and she just picked Apple and just, like, it could have been a gateway computer for all she knows. Like she would just put a picked any name and just talk about how it's like the height of technology and all this kind of stuff. The guy, the guy drops it off and says, or dude, you're getting a Dell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, she goes out and gets a coffee with Jose. I only made a note of that because just like with um, Jacob, she reflects on how nice it is to be around a normal person. So that's kind of like the Jacob appeal, which is like, you're human compared to this vampire. This one is Jose is, you know, yeah. not some controlling, the a mentally abusive, sexual man. He's just the guy that wants to kiss her. So, 
Uh, she emails with Kristen. He, uh, the emails are super sad and uncreative and not uh, with them trying to be flirty. Uh, and it was just frustrating to read. Uh, he tells her to go read about BDSM. Uh, then she says, is this, and then she reads about it like on Wikipedia. Uh, he specifically says, go to Wikipedia. Don't just Google it. And then she reads about it. Uh, some of the stuff. <laughs> Which, why? I know. I, I know. I thought the same thing. That's the reason why I was pointing it out. I'm like, I don't know. But then she's like, oh, is this what he gets up to in the Red Room of Pain? And she says, oh, my. And within these chapters, she's constantly saying, oh, my, during sexual six, like when she gets turned on. Which, why is she doing that? Is the author trying to make her sound cute, like still kind of innocent? Or is it like a jokey thing that she's doing? I don't get it. I don't know. Chapter 12, she goes for a run. Uh, she says, the quote being, can't sit in front of that marvel of technology and read about submissives. Uh, yeah, it's a fucking computer. Get over it. I know. It's not a mar- It's not a magic machine. It's just a fucking Mac computer. <laughs> so. so this was one of the things that really annoyed me. Hmm. So she's going for a run. And she finds her nasty, never-used sneakers. Oh, I didn't pay attention to this part. Go on. If she, if she never uses them, why are they nasty? <laughs> Doesn't nasty imply that they're all, like, gross and dirty and smelly? But if yeah. she never uses them, then, how yeah, they, they, don't really have how they get nasty? You have to use them pretty regularly to get them. Well, maybe she just bought them, and then she stepped in some dog poo and thought it was too gross to clean. Well, it didn't. As it was presented to me, it made zero sense. I know that's a funny little. Um, have you ever listened to Snow Patrol? Because I never have. Because that's what she's no, listening to. No, but Anna likes to listen to it when she runs. I know, and I should probably find out what Snow Patrol sounds like. It's kind of poppy. Yeah. Oh, alternative rock stuff. I was kind of thinking, yeah, I was kind of thinking, sort of like Death Cab for Cutie is kind of what I was imagining it being like. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty close. Uh, she gets back home. Uh, she fawns over the computer some more. She writes a short email response to uh, Christian saying, Nice knowing you, as a joke. And the joke makes no sense. It sounds like you're breaking up or something. There's no context. Yeah. In their emails, the previous emails, there's no context for her saying, Nice knowing you, that you would know it's a joke. And there's no context for you to even think that you're breaking up. Like you just wouldn't, if, if somebody from their previous conversations leading up to this point where she wrote this, if I was the Christian guy and all of a sudden I got an email saying, nice knowing you'd be like, did something screw up? Did like, she accidentally delete most of her email. What, what's that? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense, but so she does it as a joke. So apparently that's how you make jokes. Um, she waits 10 minutes, doesn't hear from him. And all of a sudden he shows up at her bedroom door. <laughs> Uh, the quote being, I can't believe Christian Gray is standing in my bedroom doorway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just had sex. Of course he's going to stand in your bedroom doorway. That's, it's not like he's proposing to, uh, it's just so dumb. So the short-term memory again. Uh, he tells, oh, I wrote down, he tells her again to stop biting her lip because he's going to fuck her if she keeps doing that. Yeah, I wish she'd stop doing it too, just because it's annoying. Stop I know it. it's constant. Like she's not blushing as much now; she's biting her lip all the time. She just replaced yeah. one crutch for another, or a literary crutch. Uh, and I was like, I was making the note: um, Why is the biting the lip the thing that sends him over the edge? Because we learn later that he strung up a woman on ropes on the ceiling, and she wound up getting injured, which is the reason why that's in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> why is biting the lip the thing, or the underwear, the thing that sends him over the edge? No, maybe we'll find out later. So, then they start to have sex, and she keeps saying, oh my, well, all the wait. time. 
you know what's really hot to get somebody in the mood for sex? Is if a man takes a big uh, big old swig of wine and then <laughs> spits it into the lady's mouth. I did that. I did that too. And the best part is he blindfolds her by pulling up her own t-shirt and just kind of flopping it over the top part of her head so she can't see. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then makes her stay still while he goes out and gets wine, which Kate is still in the house. Uh-huh. And I think that Anna says... Like, isn't he naked? Like, because she's blindfolded, so she doesn't know if he's naked. But I think he's supposed to be naked. So he's walking naked out there, and Kate's out there packing because they're going to be moving. And he gets wine. Naked yet? Was he? I don't know if he was naked. I know that Anna like was reflecting on it. Like, isn't he naked right now? And he's going out there, and Kate's out there. She did say that at one point, but I don't know if he really was. Which also made me think: Oh, was Kate one of the fifteen subs from the past? Because then that would explain why he doesn't care if she sees him naked. But uh, yeah, then he comes back with no, wine. No, she said he's practically naked. Oh, okay, but still, practically naked. I think, I think he just took his shirt off, basically. Eh, it's still kind of weird to walk out in front of the roommate with your shirt off and go get wine. Then yeah, maybe... she knows. She knows what they're doing in there. Come on, we're all adults here. All right, fine. I, I think it'd be weird if you and I were roommates, and all of a sudden you're walking around with no shirt on, and I'm like, oh. Gross. Ben's going to go have sex. Now I yeah, have to hear that. Yeah, if I was as that. gorgeous as Christian Grey, I would not wear clothes ever. <laughs> you know, when I take walks around the park, uh, there's always young couples with a dog, which, as I get older, just annoys the hell out of me. Like, fuck you and your little dog. Because then the dog always, like, tries to get at me, and they have to struggle to hold it back. I'm like, I hate young people with their dogs. They think it's like something couples are... They can't have a kid, so they go and get a dog together, because they're not married yet. But the boyfriends never wear shirts. It's constant at the park by my house. They're always shirtless, walking around, which I am so close to ripping off my own shirt with my pear-shaped body and my tits and just, like, walk by as well. (laughs) I think it'd be pretty cool. If anything, make them feel stupid, and maybe they'll put a shirt on. Yeah, I'm sure that's what would happen. Uh, Yep, spits wine into her mouth from his. Uh, Then this is another... Just like Twilight, the shh, Edward said, shushing me. Uh, I found another one, which is she thinks to herself, I long to touch him. Then she says out loud, I want to touch you, I murmur. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that the inner dialogue is part of what she actually says. It drives me crazy. Uh, He slaps her and she orgasms over and over again and then says, oh, my again. Uh, she says that that's yeah. really nice, and he tells her that he doesn't like that word because it doesn't turn him on or do anything for him. Uh, oh, here's another one of those cheesy child-like attempts at making a, a cute sex joke. She says that she was going to email him about the contract, but he interrupted her by showing up. And then he says, Coitus interruptus? <laughs> I know. It's, it's not clever. It's... This is... Uh, I don't know how to explain yeah. how frustrating it is to me. Uh, then he admits that they, after they've had sex and stuff and he's done spitting wine in her mouth, he admits that the old woman rapist uh, is still friends with her. So... He leaves. Uh, she writes back to him to complain point by point about the contract. She makes it all official by having, like, bylines and numbers just like he did. So that's cheesy and childish. Uh, he answers back right away by telling her it's late and demanding that she goes to sleep, which is also a running theme. He's always demanding that she eats and, like, demanding that she goes to bed. So it's like... Yeah, there... which... Well, apparently he had some issues with food insecurity when he was a child, so that they're hinting at. 
Yeah, what was because, that? Well, he didn't get adopted till he was four, so Anna has deduced that the first four years of his life weren't good, and he suffered from hunger. Also, he was talking at the uh, college's commencement address, and he was talking about that was it. Yeah, his uh, hunger relief efforts around the world, but he talked about third world countries, which. I don't think we use that term anymore. I think you're supposed to say developing nations, but... Yeah. Anyway. Well, you still use it all the time. No. Chapter 13. It's the next day. Uh, Mom calls to say I can't go because my loser boyfriend twisted a ligament. Uh, Christian sent it with her stepdad. Where's her real dad? Because she's only, like, dealing with Ray, the stepdad, in this chapter. Um, I don't know. They they don't make that clear. Ray's been around since she was very young. I don't think she knows her dad. Oh, okay. Uh, Christian sent an email while she was sleeping with the definition of submissive from the dictionary. So she sends back the definition of compromise. And I yeah, wrote, this very, is very all, clever. I know. I'm like, this is all so pathetic. It was my note. It's just so annoying just reading emails. Though. I know. Just, it, it even has, if the emails were... Not so stupid. It would just be annoying to read emails, but then they're also really dumb emails. Oh, yeah. There's literally... It, it adds nothing to the story because nothing is being said that's important to know at all. It's, it's just really shitty and lame attempts at trying to be cute and flirty with each other. Which also, he makes it clear, I don't care about you. I just need your body so that I can do things to it so I can get off. But she keeps constantly trying to figure him out and make a boyfriend out of him through this whole story. It's weird. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of rooting for him, aren't you? You want him to end up together and happy, don't you? Oh, well, they're going to, because by the end yeah. of Chapter 14, he's like, what are you doing to me? Because he's actually developing feelings for yeah. a sub. Anyways, she goes to work. Uh, Paul, the son of the store owner. Well, is... there's there's nothing in the contract that says they can't fall in love. <laughs> I'm sure there's a what are you doing to me clause in there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, she goes to work. Paul, the store owner's son, is begging her for a date because he's going to be leaving for an internship. Uh, they have an argument about it, and then he's like, you're dating Christian Grey, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> things like shucks and like kicks a can and walks off. <laughs> he's so stupid. <laughs> so she meets Christian at a bar of a hotel because that's like this guy just lives in hotels all the time. Uh, I have a quote saying that his long fingers reach down to collect an olive. Which just sounds like tendrils, like insect legs. When they, I hate his long fingers so much. Uh, they talk about his previous... Do you have a different edition of the book where his fingers are always described as long? I, I wasn't picking up on this like you were before. I didn't... Oh, I, I can, guess I'm uh, just sick of that. When I read the Kindle, I get to highlight the stuff as I'm going along. Like, stuff that I make a note about or actual quotes. Uh, and then I can send them to myself as a big PDF. I can send you what I have, and you can look at all the references to his long fingers that I've been highlighting and choosing not to read all of. Uh, they talk about his free, previous 15 subs. And she says, is there a story you go to? Submissives are us. Which is horrible. <laughs> so I wrote, they changed locations again from the bar to like a secret private eating room because he finds out you haven't eaten yet, so he's making her eat. And um, so that's another thing. They're constantly changing locations. Uh, he's, that's where he says he's heard of Sub, uh, sub before because they were doing suspension rope play. Uh, and so that's the reason why that's apparently in the contract. They start haggling over the terms. And I wrote this story is moving so slow compared to the first eight chapters. Uh, there's a quote that says, no one is going to dictate to me what I eat. How I fuck? 
yes, but eat, <laughs> no way. <laughs> it makes yes. no sense. Like, why? No. It's if uh, I the things that piss me off about this, I don't even know how to describe. I can't eloquently put into words why it pisses me off. It's just like. Well, the author can't eloquently use words either, so you're not alone. I guess not. It's just like, this would be very advanced and like, wow, good for you if she was 12 and she wrote this. No, <sighs> she, she, was, she was in her mid-40s. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm not going to get into this. But anyway, so she decides to leave. So boy, is that. Christian's never had that before. Uh, Christian walks her outside and boy, is he disgusted at her car. <laughs> Because <laughs> the valet brings it up, and he goes, "You driving that?" Because what is it like a VW Bug or something? I forget. Yeah, what it is. yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but Jose maintains it for her. So. Yeah, she says that to him, and boy, that pisses him off too. Just like Jacob, he's it's the motorcycle. Just exactly the same character as yeah. Jacob. Like you're just replacing one way. vehicle for a larger vehicle. Is all and, it is. and one minority for a different minority. <laughs> yes. <sir. laughs> Though I think Jacob was handled with. I could be wrong. I'm saying this because I'm not really thinking back, but it seems like there was a lot less stereotypes going on with Jacob than Jose. I don't know. I think the whole reservation in Jacob, I think it was the whole stereotypical noble savage trope. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess it's... I mean, that's a good point. I guess it's just that it, it came off less cartoonish with Jacob. There, with well, just uh, because he wasn't, he didn't have a catchphrase. Like Jose that's the does. thing. It's the catchphrases. Like Jose hasn't said "I caramba" yet. I'm just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> so, uh, so it's discussed at a car on the drive home. She wonders if he would be her boyfriend, like meet her friends and stuff. And uh, Christian later sends a formal-sounding email. Uh, and she writes back that she doesn't want to be treated like a merger. So that's chapter 13. Uh, and then everything just slows down all over again. She has a dream about Christian uh, making her suck on a riding crop. <laughs> oh, that's so hot. I have dreams like that, too. She meets up with Roy, her old stepdad, and they go to the graduation. Christian gets on the stage. Uh, two girls next to her talk about how hot he is. Anna says she thinks he's gay. Christian stares at Anna. Uh, making eye contact with her, and I was I was writing, how small is this graduation? Because graduations I've been to have, like, hundreds of people in the audience. Like, they're big auditoriums. Yeah, but, but you can still find one person <clears throat> make eye uh, contact. No, because there's, like, a lot. Like, it goes up, and then there's a balcony with even more people. It's like, how are you going to just <laughs> instantly find her? And she's, like, getting mad that he stopped making eye contact with her at one point. And I'm like, is there, like, 12 people in this graduation? It doesn't make any well, sense. Well, he, he probably knows that they're seated alphabetically, so when they're handing out the degrees, it can be in an orderly fashion. So he knows about where she's going to be sitting because he knows her last name. So I think you're giving it too much credit. I, I think don't think the you're giving Mr. Gray enough credit. He's a successful businessman. He's <laughs> wealthy beyond his wildest dreams because he's, you know, Pulled himself up by his bootstraps or well, whatever. He's smart enough to get into telecommunications. I mean, yeah. I wasn't. I look, I missed my chance. Yeah, I mean, the Darfur ship it might be kind of screwed up, but he's still doing pretty well for himself. <laughs> so he can probably find <laughs> his girlfriend in a crowded auditorium and make eye contact with her. It would be funny if at the end of this trilogy he winds up in prison, kind of like um, what's that one movie from the eighties? Does it say anything? Where the guy holds the boombox over his head outside the girl's window. Yeah, he ended up in prison. I've never seen that movie. Oh. I know the scene that you're talking about, but he ended up in prison? Uh, no, the the girl 
John uh, Cusack's character? Yeah, John Cusack. So John Cusack's trying to woo this one girl, and the girl's got a dad who's kind of overbearing and protective, and he really doesn't like John Cusack. And so then, um, finally, the, I think the, like, the people writing the script didn't know how to wrap it up where John Cusack and this girl can get on a plane and go to Europe. And she's, like, scared of planes, so he's going to, like, that's the really sweet moment at the end where they're both on the plane and he's walking her through, like, turbulence and stuff. Uh, but they didn't know how to get rid of this dad character that they built up being so against John Cusack. So they have him go to prison because he was money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's convenient. Yeah, there's even a scene where John Cusack goes to visit him at prison. He's like, all right, fine, you win. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> so it'd be funny if Christian Grey winds up in prison because of the Darfur incident. <laughs> um, Kate speaks because she's the valedict- valedictorian or whatever. Uh, the author doesn't write a single word of what Kate's speech is, which is fine. But then Christian speaks, and we get to read that whole speech. So I thought that was kind of weird, uh, just kind of glossing yeah. over one to get straight to the point of Christian. Uh, she goes up to get her diploma, uh, and Christian is handing him out. He congratulates her and asks her why she isn't answering his emails real fast on stage, whispering close, hushed to her face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After everything, Christian sends Kate out to get Anna. Uh, and then Kate was like, yeah, Christian's pretty particular, so you better come right away. Which I was like, uh, is that one of her old subs? Uh, he pulls her into a men's locker room and locks the door, which is not aggressive. Uh, he says that he was worried that she died in her shitty car on the drive home. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when she says, oh, well, it's Jose's old car. And he takes care of it regularly, which makes him really mad. Then Although he's like, not not worried enough to come like physically check up on her when she sends an email that is oh nice knowing you he's there ten minutes later yeah, but exactly. if he thinks that he, she died in a car accident he didn't go after her. he just waited till he saw her the day and a half later exactly like how come you're not answering my emails like he could have just emailed back like what is nice knowing you mean what are you saying I don't get it like yeah. he could have just done that but instead he like and also isn't he supposed to be in Seattle most of the time so ten minutes. He took a supersonic helicopter and then well, what, no, we, parachuted we know out and landed in her yard. <laughs> no, we knew it was established he was in Portland for... Oh, all right. That's, yeah. Fine. Uh, so, anyways, then he demands to meet Ray. And, of course, he sweeps Ray off his feet because he's just so suave. Uh, he pulls Anna away and bugs her again about being a sub right there on the spot, kind of away from people. So she agrees for almost no reason. That's never explained up to this point. Ray drops her off, and she thinks that uh, tea is always the answer. And that was a thing I said earlier. Uh, Christian emails saying that he will be over to talk terms. And I wrote, fuck, again? And he doesn't trust her car, so that's why he's going over there. And that's the end of Chapter 14. And that's all we read. That's all we read. Ben, do you want to hear the number count on Grin, Grins, and Grinning? Yes, and this is for the whole trilogy, you said? Yes. Uh, Oh, my God. Well, anyways, there's 550 results for Grin. Uh, and it looks like it's through all three books. Page... Wait, did you say 550? 550 Grin references. Grin, Grins, <laughs> and Grinning. That's, that's insane. Yeah, that's so... That's like twice the rate of Twilight. So page 1,488. There's no way this first book has got that many pages. So this is all the books. Yeah, but still, that's an insane amount. 550 grins, I know. Out of 1,500 pages, so more than once every three pages. <laughs> I suppose. That's like more than twice the rate of Twilight. Uh, I think it was like seven pages or something in Twilight. All right, well, let's do our wrap-up. 
Yeah. Well, so what are your thoughts of chapters, what, 10 through 14? Yeah, this book got real boring and tedious in a hurry. I know. I was, it was just, it was actual work getting through it. Yeah, just reading 10 pages of a fucking contract and then <laughs> countless pages of emails going back. It's just annoying to read. There's not much happening. The sex scenes are getting repetitive. I, I oh, absolutely. Know. And the sex scenes aren't like, well, this should be interesting, right? Oh, I missed. I, I did pull out a quote, but I guess I didn't put it in my notes. There's a scene where they're, I think it's back like at the very beginning, like chapter nine, um, where she wakes up the next morning after losing her virginity. And then they like get in a hot tub together, or maybe it was later, but they get in a hot tub together. And I think it was a hot tub, just the bath. Was, was it the bath? Oh, whatever. Yeah. But then he, but it's supposed to be like big. It's like a big egg shaped thing or whatever. Yeah. And so he's like rubbing her back and touching her and all this kind of crap and bringing her close to orgasm. And then he goes, my turn. And then she turns around <laughs> and she sees that he's sitting in the bathwater and his penis is coming up out of the water. <laughs> it's a very large, powerful erection. Yeah. And he was holding it. So I just, I just love that. It's like. His torso comes up out of the water, maybe two knees, you know, kind of popping up from the soap suds, and then just this phallus pointing straight up towards the ceiling. (laughs) Is that the same point at which he said, feel it, baby? (laughs) Probably did. I did pull it out as a quote, but I forgot to put it in here. But anyways, yeah, the sex scenes are, you know, I mean, they're not as bad as that belong to me and that no, kind of stuff. No. They're not as hilarious as... Maybe, maybe I just Bound don't Man. like them because they, they make me feel that much lonelier. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a good book for uh, a single <laughs> the, man. The timing of this was poor, yeah. <laughs> yeah this exactly. book would have been a lot better for me to read like a month ago. Uh, but I mean, at least if you were to uh, start crying in the middle of the podcast while reviewing the sex scenes and other things, like tender <laughs> moments between them, it would make more sense then if you and I were reviewing the Hardy Boys and you kept breaking down crying for no reason. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, so that scene where they were trapped in the cave must have really got to you, huh, Ben? <laughs> well, yeah. So it's, uh, you're getting... I think what's shocking to me is you have Stephanie Meyer, who never wrote a book before, um, decides to sit down and write this fantasy, this little teen fantasy about sexy sparkling vampires and it's it's shit and it's repetitive you're basically reading the same the first five chapters are just being slightly rewritten on the next five chapters it's like the same shit over and over and over again it gets draining and repetitive so then you have the fan base that forms around it and you've got this woman who has never never written anything and she decides she wants to write sort of like the smutty fan fiction version it's amazing that she doesn't have much of her own voice when it comes to her writing, because chapters 9 through 14, everything's repetitive. Uh, the main protagonist keeps getting surprised by stuff she was already introduced to earlier, just like yeah. Bella is always being surprised by stuff or, you know, whatever. It just happens over and over and over again, and I'm like, how come this author doesn't have her own spin, writing style-wise? Like, she's a, a different person. Is she just copying for the word? Like different person from a different country and everything. I know. There's a whole there should be a whole different angle in how she writes this stuff. But it's almost I mean, it's it's like they said about Stephanie Meyer, just a repetitive jackhammer that is writing almost in real time. She's doing that now on these chapters we just read. And also that no one ever seems to have a memory of anything that happened. They're always shocked when it happens for the eighth time. Yeah. So that was really frustrating me a lot. And I was sitting in my beautiful nook reading. 
and not enjoying myself in my nook because I had to read this crap. That's too bad because it is a beautiful nook. Thank you. Well, anyways, Ben, you got anything else you want to say about this book? Uh, No, I don't think so. All right. We're going to take a hiatus for a few weeks because you're going to have to have your knees recuperate. Yeah, I'm going to be recuperating, so maybe... Maybe in two weeks we can record again, but yeah, probably not fine. next week. Yeah, take your time. It doesn't matter. I think, uh, yeah, should we read through chapter 21 for next time? How many chapters are in this? I didn't even look. I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, if we go through chapter 21, I'll take us to about three quarters of the way through the book, so. Yeah, that's fine. I think I was actually appreciating how we're doing shorter ones because if I was reading like the first half and then the second half, I'd be losing my goddamn mind if I was yeah, having I, sitting. Yeah, I think four parts to this book is good for us. So. Yeah, for our sanity. Plus, taking a two-week break is going to be nice because I don't have to touch this shit. I can go read something else. I was thinking I should go buy yeah, a paper you. book from my nook and uh, yeah. I'll go buy something and I'll sit and read it. Just make sure you buy it from bookshop.org. <laughs> how many weeks is it going to take to get it shipped to me? Hey, that's one problem. Am I going to get it by the time you and I are supposed to be recording, so I want you to be able to read it anyways? Well, okay, you should have thought ahead. Um, I mean, you can choose expedited shipping. <laughs> or you could just help <laughs> Jeff Bezos continue his quest to become a trillionaire and just order it from Amazon. It's up to you. Yeah, only time will tell. Well, all right, Ben. Thanks for uh, being a good, good friend of the show. Uh, good luck with your upcoming uh, uh, surgery. Do you want me uh-huh. to come visit you in the hospital? Uh, no, it's an outpatient procedure, so that would be kind of weird. <laughs> I love that I'm in the waiting room. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, uh, so who well, are you Well, if you, if you do come to visit, you could meet Gretchen. Oh, is Gretchen going to be there? Well, she's yeah, someone's got to drive you back. Yeah, I don't have anybody else to take care of me anymore, so it's got to be my mom. <laughs> uh, well, you get used <laughs> to it, Ben. It's kind of like me. i got to get these wisdom teeth out. But uh, you're going to get all, I mean, I'm going to get all drugged up when I do it. But also with the COVID thing, they're like, yeah, you got to wait. We're not doing, that's not important right now. Like, yeah. you're going to have to wait. Wait, you, do you still have your wisdom teeth? Yeah, I've had them for oh, forever. Like, okay. my teeth are straight. I've never had to get braces or anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but anywho, uh, so I got to get these things out. But um, I got to get someone to drive me back. And, like, the only people to drive me back is, like, my sister who's working all the time and not available. But if I wait a year with my horrible rotting mouth, um, oh. my my daughter will have a driver's license by then and she can drive me there and back. That's the go. life of a single middle-aged man. Yeah. It's pretty cool, Ben. I hope you're looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, boy, I'm enjoying the last two weeks, that's for sure. Well, maybe we should have a checkup. Uh, I could <laughs> always do a special episode where I read some kind of statement you make about your health. <laughs> on the episode <laughs> or maybe you can pre-record something where it's just like hey guys this is Ben I'm doing great thank you all so much for the emails and the letters and the well wishing <laughs> oh, do you think the surgeon would mind if I brought my laptop and a microphone into the operating room on Friday just like... <laughs> are you going to be awake for it so it's going to be you going ow 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 yeah. over and over again yeah I believe I am going to be awake so now oh, fine which I'm not looking forward to. That would be funny if we did a live podcast stream of you. I'm like, so what does it feel like? You're like, ah, it kind of stings. It's pinching a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so am I, am I reading this passage or what? Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that. Sorry. 
Okay, so should we set this up though? What what was going on? She just got back from her run or something, and Christian's there. Oh, because she sent that email saying it was nice knowing you. So Christian creepily shows up ten minutes later. Yes. Or yeah, that that's right. He shows up ten minutes later, and then they have a brief talk before all the sex about um, what was your email supposed to mean? And she's like, "Oh, I thought you knew it was a joke." And like, did the knowing me like in the biblical sense? Like, is that what you mean? So that's what it is. Go. I'm sorry, I was reading. Why? What would you say? Just go. <laughs> I need a time to think. I whisper. <laughs> I'm all deer slash headlights, moth slash flame, bird slash snake. And he knows exactly what he's doing to me. <laughs> Think about what, Anastasia? You! <laughs> and you decided that it was nice knowing me? Do you mean knowing me in the biblical sense? <laughs> oh, shit. I flush. <laughs> I didn't think you were familiar with the Bible. <laughs> I went to Sunday school, Anastasia. You taught me a great deal. <laughs> I don't remember reading about nipple clamps in the Bible. Perhaps you were taught from a modern translation. <laughs> modern translation. God. Oh, that's so horrible. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and then that's when they dive into sex, which I'm glad you're not going to start reading. Yeah, yeah, that's the author's attempt at uh, fun relationship banter. I feel like that's not quite exactly the same voice I used for Anna last week, but it'll have to do. It's pretty close. Uh, I think, if anything, it's you're getting a nice amber to it. It's a nice, uh, especially when she's like, I, I didn't read about nipple clamps in the Bible. <laughs> That's pretty good. I've never seen you do an angry Anna, so this is working out pretty well. <laughs> well, with that, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you after Ben's Operation Hiatus. Yep, and if you're looking for something to read, head to bookshop.org slash shop slash Nuzzle House. And make sure you go to nuzzlehouse.com where you can read more about our And feel free to contact us at glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. <laughs>